Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being is a non-profit Homestuck fan analysis podcast and is not affiliated with Andrew Hussey or any of Homestuck's official entities. Please remember to support the release of its books and merchandise whenever possible. Feel free to read along with us. If you have epilepsy or any other light-sensitive disabilities or disorders, we suggest you stick to the audio. We have free audio transcriptions for this podcast linked in the episode description if you wish to read instead of listen. Both Elizabeths are trained writers and editors, so we're going to have some opinions about the construction of the story. These opinions may be different from yours, but we're not attacking the comic, just offering suggestions. This show is not safe for work, and if you're a minor, we ask that you wait to listen until you are old enough to be shipped off of Alternia to serve her imperious condescension. It's time to go to hell. Hi, and welcome to Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being, a Homestuck fan cast in the year of our Lord, 2019. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm also Elizabeth. And say it again, Elizabeth. Say it again for me. The, the whole thing? Just say that whole thing again? No, the, the 2019 part. Oh, the year of our Lord, 2019? Oh, say it again, Elizabeth. Say it again, Elizabeth. No, no, I think twice was enough there. Well, no, you have to say it as many times as you want for the rest of your life, because it's the last time you'll ever be able to say, in the year of our Lord 2019. Oh no! Why ever could that be? Well, according to my calendar, it's December 3rd, but (laughs) people will be listening to this on December 24th, which means it was Hanukkah two days ago. And it's going to be Christmas tomorrow, so happy holidays, everybody. Soon after that, it's, it is, you're right, it's going to be 2020. And a happy new year. To, 2000, I guess it's going to be in the year of our Lord 2020? Oh, you can't say it yet. I'm going to bleep that out. <laughs> you <can't say> it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you need to bleep it out. Elizabeth, I don't know what you're going to say when we get to next year, because I don't have 2020 vision. You know, I just, I had a feeling just deep in my bones that you were going to make that joke. (laughs) I was just waiting for it, and it surprised me not at all. Mm, And you were going to say something to intervene, but you know, hindsight is (sighs) 2020. No, that doesn't work because it's in, it's not in the past. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, And just putting off the inevitable. We're just putting off the inevitable. This was an update, wasn't it? This this was it was a, it was a, this was certainly a collection of pages. It sure was. Hey Elizabeth, do you want to talk about the forced kiss or the like twelve paragraphs of troll <laughs> romance first? Okay, I think I'll have more to say about the troll romance. Well, you don't have anything to say about the forced kiss that we should stop normalizing in society. Yeah, I have, like, one thing to say about it, and that it was awful. Obviously, it should be obvious that it was awful. That's assault, folks! Listen, 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 friskas will be friskas. Oh, oh, oh. I knew, I knew it was coming before it happened. 
This is probably the worst possible iteration of it, though. (laughs) I was hoping against hope somehow in my heart that I was wrong and that it wouldn't happen. I was hoping that Andrew Hussey would pleasantly- That Vriska would pleasantly surprise me. But no, no, of course not. Fulfilled my every terrible expectation, and I just had to sit here and watch it happen and click through the pages as fast as I possibly could. You were just, like, out of there. Like, as soon as the kiss happened, you were just, like, zooming. <laughs> I just had to slam those, dunk those pages in the trash, because I don't, I don't like it. You launched yourself directly into Kanaya's arms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the expressions of horror we were making were, were identical, so... I know, you, you truly are the Kanaya Whisperer. <laughs> oh, oh, my god. I have to ask you, at what point in that specific situation did you know was gonna happen? Because the whole time I knew, you heard me, I was, like, kind of laughing in defense of myself because I was so, like, uncomfortable. You were just sort of giggling hysterically, which is a valid reaction, honestly. It's not funny to me. I I normally laugh when I'm uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also laugh when I'm having fun, so you'll never know. <laughs> but in this case, it was definitely being very uncomfortable. I think I figured out what was going to happen when she was like, oh, I'll just have to give him happy thoughts. And I was like, oh, no. No. Briskin, no. Oh, God, please, no. And God did not listen to my plea and neither did Briska. I think the biggest problem is that, like, I think Tavros was, like, also kind of concussed. Yeah. And also, he couldn't, like, step away from her or anything? She will remind you that he can't step away in, like, every sentence. Yeah, there were so many things about that situation that were so bad. I hate to be that guy. Uh But can you imagine the backlash if the roles were flipped in this? Oh. If Riska was a boy? Uh Uh-huh. Like, I... I just... uh, Are you okay? Did we break you? I just... I'm... We broke her on this one, you guys. Extremely upset. I mean, you have every right to be. I'm not... It's not even that I'm angry. Like, I am angry. But, like, I... I'm just... Elizabeth, bring me into your mind palace. Where are you? Please don't say it like that because it has whiffs of like 2012 Sherlock fandom. I was thinking more Detroit Become Human, which is even worse, so. (laughs) That's worse! (laughs) Both bad! (laughs) How this unholy trinity of things we are talking about right now is inconceivable. Okay. It's the end of 2019, everybody. I've packed my bags already. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, I'm good, I'm good. So, like, you know, we cut away right after that. So I am pleading with Andrew Hussey to frame it in a way that's clear, like, oh, this is bad. This is a bad thing Briska did. 
and I, I'm pretty sure he's not going to, and I'm very concerned about that. To be clear, because, you know, there are debates about this, about, like, what can or should be depicted in fiction. I don't have a problem fundamentally with depicting something like that. I mean, we know Vriska's a bad character. We know she is morally gray, if not morally bereft. <laughs> we have seen her do some pretty horrible things, you know. Vriska, what are moral circuit? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, murder, mind control, things like that. And we know that those things are bad. We don't have to be told by the narrative those things are bad, we know. This is slightly different. And it's like, objectively, morally speaking, what she's done here is bad. <laughs> it's bad in any number of ways. Hey, everybody. This is me, Liz, checking in with you to make sure everybody knows that you shouldn't do a kiss on someone if they don't want you to. Yeah, and if they can't, like, consent, which it seems like here that Tavros can't, and that's not even getting into the super unhealthy power dynamic between them, where he would probably feel like he had to, even if- <sighs> It's a whole incestuous slurry of just- God. Awful. Like, it's a bad thing that Friska's done. It's a really bad thing. She's done a lot of bad things, and this is one of them. What I don't know is whether Andrew Hussey will acknowledge that, because he hasn't been shy about acknowledging that the other things she's done are also bad. There is sort of one side of Homestuck that's like this kind of delicate, moral, morally gray balance. And there's this other side of Homestuck where Andrew Hussey just, like, hits you upside the head. No subtlety whatsoever. This is what I'm doing, and this is how I'm doing it, and this is how you should feel about it. And this is not a situation that is particularly morally gray. I guess I'm a little concerned that it's going to be framed that way, especially with the whole romance thing we just went through, you know? Oh, we're gonna get into that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, basically, I'm just like, oh, man, I I hope that this is tackled well. Like, the fact that it happened as someone who loves Tavos as a character and cares about what happens to him, I'm upset, obviously. As someone analyzing this work of fiction, I am not inherently upset. I am reserving judgment for what happens next and what different characters think of what just happened, but I have to say I'm not super hopeful. Elizabeth, I have to confess one of my sins to you. Oh no. And that sin is I actually don't like Tavros very much. I mean, that's fair. He, he is in the bottom of mine. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm sorry, and I... No, it's o it's okay. I, I completely understand where you get your conclusions of your thoughts of him. Liz, Liz, it's, o it's okay. I, I'm pretty sure the reason that Tavros is my favorite is that if I, Elizabeth, at the age of 13, was in this kind of... Like, I would be Tavros. 13-year-old Elizabeth, that would be Tavros. So... I hate you as a teenager. <laughs> Listen, that's fair. No, go on. 
Anyway, but I what I what I was going to say was Tavros is like in the bottom five. Like again, not because I think he's a bad character. I just like God. There's never like a good thing with him. It's it's never. Oh, I don't like it. I like the concept of Tavros. I don't like how he's handled. Yeah, the execution. It's it's really just the the fact that Andrew Hussey is writing Tavros that I don't like about Tavros. Perhaps if Elizabeth. Sullivan wrote Tavros, I would be like, oh shit, yeah, this is my favorite. But me reading this, even though I do not like Tavros, and I don't really care about his character, I feel really bad about this. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Yeah. Once again, I will have to say for the 40 millionth time, I don't remember exactly what happens in Home Second and What Order. I either remember big plot things or like small moments that really impacted me and I have no in between there's no middle middle there <laughs> but like I don't remember this being handled well yeah see that doesn't surprise me unfortunately <laughs> the thing that absolutely baffles me about Andrew Hussey again I'm I'm going to get into some Outs- I'm going to step outside of Homestuck for, for one moment. Please do. Obviously, people will say things when they are younger that they don't agree with when they are older. And Andrew Hussey seems, on the whole, more of a chill dude nowadays. <laughs> He's, you know, read some more things from a, a more diverse group of people. Like, nobody's nerfed, but, like, I think he's a better person than he was in 2008. It's so baffling that you can read Homestuck, and he he has, like, some of these very delicate subjects that he tackles in, like, the most progressive way. Like, in 2008, I mean, that's still not long enough ago for this to be, like, the most progressive thing in the world, but, like, there's some, like, genuinely good queer representation in Homestuck, and, like, the way he handles it is just, like, it's normal. It, you know, it's it's not, like, a weird fetishistic thing that he's doing to it. It's just, like, here's some, some like, queer characters that we have, and they're here. And then it just gets, like, really racist and ableist on, like, the other side of that coin. Yeah! In, like, the same fucking breath. <laughs> and it's, it's, like, so weird, because it's, like, in some ways, oh my god, you're doing, like, awesome stuff and then like even on things with like the same subject like I love how he depicts Terezi and her disability but like I don't love how he does it with like other characters that we have not actually fucking met yet it's just so hit or miss and that's difficult as a reader because then I sort of feel like I can't trust him like here I couldn't just go like okay this happened I'm sure that he'll handle it well and Vriska will be sort of held accountable for this in whatever way like she has been with the other bad things she's done, like as he's established. But I can't. And that feels very frustrating to me. And like, again, like, I'm not out here to attack Andrew Hussey specifically because, you know, I genuinely do think that Andrew Hussey has gotten better about certain things over the years because, you know, he's he's like a person. He's a person with a brain, and he can, like, change his mind on things. Oh my god, that can happen. Also, it does mean that Homestuck becomes dated in some ways. Yeah. I I said we stepped out of Homestuck for a minute. I'm going to step back in. We're judging Homestuck. We're not 
completely judging Andrew Hussey because he's pretty quiet and chill now about all of that shit. Yeah. You know, as it usually is with things like this, it isn't us saying, Andrew Hussey, oh my god, why did you do that? Okay, I mean, like, maybe a little. But also, it's like, we shall see. We'll have to wait until the next or next episode. But if this isn't handled with the same, well, I don't want to say exactly like subtlety because risk isn't exactly subtle. But if it isn't handled with the same, you know, sort of having to juggle that Friska does really bad shit as it is when she does other really bad shit, murder, mind control, etc. There's a loss of continuity there and different standards. We'll see. Y'all, I'm not hopeful. Yeah. Anyway, hey, Elizabeth, I forgot that we haven't done a fucking rant in a while. So, um, and I also forgot that it took, it takes about 20 minutes out of a single episode when we do it. So, how about we go ahead and scurry on over to the minigame that is going to be totally normal and not different in any way, shape, or form? Good idea! Hey everybody, it's Liz. Different recording session. Sorry that my audio sucked so much on the last one. I just moved, and I fi- I thought it would be a good idea to record in a closet, and, and then it wasn't. So I won't make that mistake again. And here, here Elizabeth is, with not the good mic she gets from the library. <laughs> so, sorry! <laughs> we sort of switched audio qualities for this little recording session. We just wanted to see how the poll came out before doing this part. But also, just a quick announcement, the first episode of 2020 of Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being is going to be January 21st instead of January 7th, just because of, you know, holiday stuff from the two of us. As mentioned earlier, I did just move. I also got a new cat, and she is three months old and uh, has herpes, so I have to take care of her. She's a baby, and babies need a lot of work. If you hear meowing in this (laughs) Game Girl section, that's Jester, and I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, but we'll, we'll be back on the 21st. We just have adult life stuff to do and all that shit. Mm-hmm. We'll see you on uh, January 21st. See you. Ah, uh, yeah, gamers. Merry holidays. I'm Game Girl. I sent here from the Game Girl Magazine headquarters. Um, here to wish everybody here a um Merry Festivus, whatever the hell you guys celebrate. Yeah, that's it. You you got it. Yeah. Yeah. I've always celebrated holidays since I was born. When was that? You know, before now. Anyway, this is a hot tip. We just got all of the votes in that you cast for Game Girl Game of the Year. Don't think that I forgot that we were all going to vote on this. I was sure that you hadn't. You seem like someone who really values 
democracy. I actually value the advertising data that I collected from this poll more than the actual democracy, but... Okay, yeah, that, that makes more sense. But, everyone, we have a clear winner and a clear loser. So, fourth place for Game Girl Game of the Year with zero votes. Like, <laughs> what a scrub. Is Friend Sim. I guess nobody liked it. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a shame. It was totally just a snooze fest. Just people talking, not much happening, you know, like, I guess you get to make friends, but like, I've never had a friend and I've been just fine. I'm, you, you sound just fine. You seem just fine. So I, I, I can't argue. I'm totally rad to the max. You sure are, game girl. What, what game came in third place? Third place is going to be Spurb, which is, um, if I had to choose, that would have been the one that I chose. But I'm all about the game market. Uh-huh. So, obviously, like, there's, like, a supply and demand. And, mm, you know, you all didn't demand it, but it's still in high supply. It is, that's sound economics, for sure. Uh-huh, and economics have been blasted into my brain ever since I've been in the embryonic fluid that was definitely in a person, because I was born from a person. I'm sure, yes. That's how all humans are born, out of a person. Yeah. And they have three parents, right? Uh, more or less. Four? Four? You keep going. Anyway... In second place, with about a quarter of the votes, is Hive Swap. So, that one was really fun. It's such a high-quality game. The graphics are out of this world. And as we all know, the graphics are the most important part of any game. Yeah. I, a, a gamer, know, know this. I had to have both of my eyeballs installed with 4K vision to get all of the juicy graphics out of this game. That's impressive. Where can I get eyeballs like that? I'd like some. I was born with them, of course. Uh, are, you, okay. are you saying you don't have 20-20 vision? Not even close. Well, you know, 13 days close, but... There's only one game left that took away half of Every vote. Everyone's so excited for it. It won in a 55% landslide. And what game is that, Game Girl? Um, dummy, it's the only one that I haven't said yet. It's Pester Quest, the new one. Everyone's so hyped for it. This is definitely the best pick for a Game Girl game of the year. Because not only was this game first released this year, but also, it's completely relevant for all ad targeting. I, I can only imagine that you're pretty happy about that. It's so valuable for SEO value. Yes. It's definitely the best one to have won for that specific reason. Yeah. So thanks to everybody that voted in the Game Girl Game of the Year poll. We care about every single one of your of your opinions, except for the 45% of people that voted for the one that wasn't Pester Quest. Y'all are losers. 
Well, no, we love all our listeners equally, all of our audience equally, whether they listen to our podcast or not. No way. I only care about the people that get the highest of scores. Well, that seems like it limits your scope pretty severely. But not so high of scores that they'd be able to beat me, the game girl. Hmm. No, that narr- that just narrows it more. You're really limiting your options here, I think. Anyway, I didn't listen to any of that, but my sponsors were thinking of giving you a review copy of the winner of the Game Girl Game of the Year poll. Oh, good. Great. But unfortunately, we spent all of the rest of the company budget on a very expensive holiday party, and it was super rad. I went to it. I had uh, so many foods. Uh-huh. There was one that was a bunch of little black spheres. That sounds very tasty. What food is that? They didn't tell me. They won't tell me what food is. It's it's a food. For sure, it's a fancy food. Awesome. If it's fancy, that's all I want to know about. Because I'm the game girl and I only want the high-scoring foods. That's one way to put it. Sure. Yeah, these foods top the charts. But anyway, we did totally blow the whole budget on all of that round, fury, gooey stuff. So we don't really have a review copy of a game for you. Aww. At least not for Pester Quest, because, you know, it's such a new game, everyone wants to get their hot little hands on it. But, uh, uh, oh, I should give you something, though. Uh, maybe there's a, a, an official Game Girl pen that I can give you. Oh, a commemorative pen would be lovely, yes. Oh, you know what? Um, I found something even better than a pen. I found a review copy for one of the other games. Oh, well, that's perfect. Yeah, so I'm going to be sending this review copy to you and Liz. It's two copies of Spurb, and, you know, you can play it to your heart's content. Oh, um... I know, I know, Elizabeth, it's a little disappointing that you didn't get past your quest, but you can go out and get it on Steam whenever you want. It's completely available to everyone. Yeah, the, there you go. And thank you for that very nice review copy of Spurb that we will absolutely play. I hope you and Liz have a very good time with it. I've played it before when I lived at my other planet, and it was a hit. Great. I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Anyway, everybody, thanks again for voting for the Game Girl Game of the Year. I'll be back next year, probably, if my sponsors let me live that long, to do this all again next year. Great, that I can't wait. Game Girl, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. Thanks. It's also been great talking to you, even though you're a total noob. I retract what I said about it being a total pleasure, but okay. Aw, you're no fun. Anyway, everybody, thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Game Girl Magazine. And make sure to log on to the Game Girl Magazine website. And enter in all of your credit card information to get yourself a Game Girl Game Badge. Everyone will absolutely do that, I'm sure. Awesome. And... Till next time, everybody, game on! Game on!
that was such a cool minigame that we recorded on December 3rd and not a different date later. It sure was, Liz. I'm sure glad we recorded that minigame just now, and it wasn't in the future. <laughs> uh-huh. And I know exactly what happened in the minigame. I'm sure there was some sort of bit about how I got shoved into another closet. I'm sure, and I really liked it when you said that one thing. And that one joke that you made made me laugh on the on the loud, out loud. <laughs> LOL. On, on the loud? Anyway, um, let's talk about troll romance. First of all, I want you all to know, before we begin, that I have taken notes as we were reading, I realized that I was never going to remember all of this, and it was a lot of pages, so I grabbed a handy fast food takeout napkin and took some notes on it in a mechanical pencil. Oh, you're a mad woman. <laughs> I don't want to waste time having to flip through pages to see what the fuck I was talking about. So yeah, I have some notes, and I looked up some words, and boy... It was a lot. There were about four words when I was reading this part where there was not a single point where I pronounced any of them correctly. <laughs> That's just how it goes. I did have to look up caligonous, which means misty, dim, obscure, or dark, as in a caligonous atmosphere, which is a pretty cool word that I didn't actually know before, so... That's nice, I guess. Hey, Elizabeth, what does concupiscent mean again? Let me pull that one up. What, it, what does concupiscent mean? Yeah, concupiscent. We had to look that one up, too, and it means exactly what you would think it means, which is filled with sexual desire or lustful. Great. Yeah, so... Here's a Liz tip. <laughs> yeah. Use the word concupiscent in your next sexting session. Oh, God. And if your partner asks you why, tell him I sent you. And then your partner will be like, you're taking sexting advice from a Homestuck fan cast? <laughs> I'm sure that will work out great for you. You will definitely get some. Maybe it's going to be like some restraining orders, but you're going to get some. Definitely. 100% guaranteed. That's a Liz guarantee. So do you want me to go real quick over the, the quadrants as I understand them, since I was just sort of introduced to them and I did take notes? There's one thing I want to talk about real quick, and then I'm going to let you loose on the quadrants. And Andrew doesn't fucking know how genetics works, because apparently, according to troll culture, the more you love or hate your partner, the more dominant your genes are. Yeah. I gotta say, this whole concept overall, the quadrants and the genetics and the balance and whatever, sort of, it's like, I genuinely can't decide whether I like it or not. Like, I think it has the makings of something really interesting. I'm not sure if it's there. Elizabeth? Uh-huh. Elizabeth. Uh-huh. I have to confess one of my sins to you. Another one? Another sin. Oh, boy. Listen, I'm a Catholic. I know how to do this. You say, bless me, oh, Father. Well, Elizabeth, for I have sinned. It's been like 10 minutes since my last confession. <laughs> I'm, I'm not 
doing the confessional prayers. I'm not Catholic, but I do. I do have to confess my sins to you. Please. I hate this about myself. Huh? These pages about troll romance—they are exactly the type of goofy sci-fi bullshit that I love with all my fucking heart. That's so valid, though. Like, I was expecting to hate this whole system, and I. I don't. It's just bullshit enough to work. If it was like one more step over on the side of like, this all has to make sense, or just one more step on the other side of like, this is just goofs, it it wouldn't work either way. But I think it might hit the sweet spot between those two. Now, I know I just called Andrew Hesse out on like not knowing how fucking dominant genes work, but I like I genuinely love that bit because it's so goddamn stupid. I'm enchanted. I don't know. It, like part of me wants to go like, what? How? How does this work? How does your world work? How does romance work? What the fuck are you talking about, Andrew Hesse? And part of me is like. Okay, the balanced and the four quadrants and the these ones and the these ones. Well, okay. Now, Elizabeth, I have to confess one of your sins. Oh no! I don't think this is. Well, I don't I think. I, I guess it's both of our sins. I have to confess one of your okay, sins. Okay, okay. I don't think that's how it works, but okay. It's how it works in my church, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give our our listeners some context for why we're so fucking psyched about this because i have a theory elizabeth that is that this is not happening in a vacuum us reading this page happened on the exact same day that we had a heated discussion with one of elizabeth's other friends about how many nipples gnomes have (laughs) knew you were going to bring up the gnome nipples fuck you in our in our dnd campaign (laughs) Gnomes are a little biologically different from the the regular 5e gnomes, and as such, they have more than one baby in one, <laughs> one in one birth. So we were trying to figure out how many nipples gnomes have, and we had this exact conversation of like, you have to balance the something that makes sense with sort of the just bullshit. Elizabeth's friend was trying to argue that under this. Thing that we were talking about, gnomes should have 12 nipples, and that was unacceptable. I, I understand. Biologically, like, mammals uh, generally have twice as many nipples as the average number of young they have at one time. That's why you have two nipples. That's why humans have two nipples. However, I am the DM, and I get to just veto that. On some level, fuck biology. I don't care, we're playing in this fantasy thing. Like, I like building these races, but also, nah, I'm not dealing with that. Like, this has the same level of, it just gets right up to, to the line there where it could almost make sense. And then it, like, takes a good, long look at the line and goes, nah, and just turns around and walks the other way. And I can respect that. I just have this, like, special place in my heart. For weird fucking fantasy and sci-fi bullshit, that doesn't completely make sense. But it makes just enough sense for you to, like, enjoy it. Yeah. This is the sci-fi. This is a webcomic. It's ridiculous. There are a lot of parts of Homestuck that are totally ridiculous. And this is one of them. And 
That ridiculousness can be used for good or evil, and here it's good. I came into this, I don't, I, again, I don't remember every single word of Homestuck. I read it very many years ago. I swear to God, like, this whole time I was, one point I was dreading this set of pages because I was like, oh no, this is going to be weird. This is going to be weird. I remember this being weird. But like, this is one of the few things in Homestuck where I enjoy this more as an adult. Yeah, it's surprisingly, I don't know if I would say charming. It's almost charming. No, it's not charming. It's horrible, and I it's horrible, and I love it. Charming in its horribleness, though. Anyway, I promised in my heart that I would let you loose on the quadrants, and I, I'm going to take the leash off your collar. God. And I'm just going to let you run free in this open field, <laughs> and I do have a shotgun <laughs> in my hands in case you get a little too squirrely. <laughs> okay. With that in mind, I guess... The shotgun is sawed off. Good to know. No, I'm going to behave myself. I'm just talking about these romantic quadrants. Oh my god. Okay, so there's four quadrants, obviously. That's what quad means. And there's the flushed quadrant, the caligonous quadrant, the ashen quadrant, and the pale quadrant. And the flushed one is the heart. And that's, like, a typical, like, romantic love as, I guess, you know, as you would say, humans think of it. And if you are in that quadrant with someone, you mate splits. And that's red rom. And then the caligonous quadrant is represented by the spade if you really hate each other very strongly. And that's kismesis or kiss, kismes, kiss... <sighs> God damn it. I just call it Kismesis. I wrote down the one that ends in tude, but I feel like there are too many syllables. Kismesis. Kismesis. tude. No, there's more. There's more. There's more syllables than that. Because it's kiss mess is tude. <laughs> there's that one. And that's Black Rom. And then there's the Ashen Quadrant, which is the club and that one's more complicated because that's three people and it's like two people who could be each other's kismesis but then there's a third person who's the auspicious there are too many s's in these words auspi fospi yeah and that third person mediates between the other two and prevents it from becoming a full kismesis and that's technically still black rum. And then there's the pale quadrant, which is the diamond. And we've talked about this one a little already, which is the moirelegence or moirel. And it's more platonic. You're meant to balance each other out and like prevent anything from getting too crazy. And that all works within troll serendipity. Ha ha ha. Trolls believe in soulmates. They do. So that's how that all works. Who do you think is Riska's soulmate? <laughs> oh, lord. Well, apparently she has like four soulmates? It would technically be four because- Because there's two for for the Ashen Quadrant. Well, no, the the way they were talking about Ospitabobobos, <laughs> but yeah, like an Ospitiboo is like when you look at people who are going to be- Kismis, kismetaboo-boos, and you're like, oh no, they wouldn't make a good 
black wrong match because they wouldn't have genes strong enough for the gene pool to get their genes dominant, so I better stop them from being hate fuckers and, like, you know, just, like, stop them from doing that so that, you know, this person can go fuck another person instead and then maybe we'll have a better baby. Which is kind of how <laughs> it was presented. It's like, just stop, stop these two from kissing. Yeah, I guess we saw, not to go back to the first half of the episode, but <clears throat> according to Andrew Hussey, something like that is going on between, like, Riska and Tavos, and then Kanai is trying to mediate it, and I guess she failed today, and maybe that's why she was so upset. If you really think about it, Vriska and Tavros would make a horrible black girl match because they are not equals. Exactly! Out of the two supposed black rom matches we've seen, both of which are horrible, Vriska and Tavros versus Equius and Aradia, that is a much more equal match. At least now. She has a body now, she, you know refused to have any kind of romantic love for Equius so hard that she ripped out her own heart. Yes. Like, that seems more equal. Risk and Tavos, that is not as suitable, like, any kind of suitable black woman match. Not only because of, like, the power dynamic. I don't think Tavos really hates Riska. No! <laughs> I mean, like, I think he's scared of her. I don't think he hates her. It, like, he's scared of her. He's been trying to avoid her, and, but he doesn't hate her. He probably should. She's awful to him specifically, but he doesn't, at least not right now. Like, that's, it's a terrible idea. I will, just real quick, back to the Aradia and Equius part. They do also consider that an unhealthy relationship because they keep oscillating between the two, which means that it's harder for one of them to lock in like a permanent mate sprit or kidudibu to actually like mate with. I mean, they're 13, so they're not going to be doing that, but like, I guess it's just for example purposes, I guess Andrew Hussey's doing that. Yeah, they, they also say that that is an unhealthy relationship, not because of the power dynamic, because there isn't really as much of an unhealthy power dynamic, but it's just an unhealthy, like an unstable relationship. Right. It seems like the preferred troll relationships are stable and consistent ones that are very heavily categorized. That you can say, oh, this is the kind of relationship this is, and that's just the end of it. Yeah. And he also says that, like, it's more complicated because they're teenagers. Right, because they're trying to figure all of this out. You know, like human teenagers, except times four. It's very hard as a troll teenager to figure out if you are actually feeling pale feelings for someone or if they're just your best friend. Right. Again, it's interesting. I know! It's, like, weird, and it, it almost is like, oh, it's a little too weird to make sense, but then it isn't, then it's just weird enough that it's like, Oh, this is interesting. I, okay, need to kind of like figure this out. How would these relationships are all working? I think I, I think I figured out why this is good and not bad. I, I think it's because Andrew Hussey does take measures to be like, oh, we don't need to learn about this specific part of it. Because, like, he will rein the narrative back in, like, we don't need to talk about how the actual reproduction happens. 
he's keeping it, it's, it's a fun thing to talk about. And it's not like, here's a biology lesson. It is a, we're having fun talking about this weird ass shit together. Right. It's not real. It's not trying to be real. Exactly. You would never mistake it for anything real. He stays firmly on this side of the absurd, and that really works. He can't let himself get too serious. And that is one thing that I think he does a good job at most of the time. We were talking about this a while back, but like I think Andrew Hussey's one shortfall is when he does get too serious about a thing. Mm-hmm. When he stays in this zone of, like, everything, like, makes sense on a surface level, but, like, we're not going to worry about it being serious, that's his, like, good time zone. That's when you're having a good time reading Homestuck. Right. It makes it a little tricky because it's clear that he wants to talk about serious things on some level. On some level, he has the same problem that we do on this podcast, which is how do we talk about serious things without being a serious story or podcast? And that's a really hard line to walk. And sometimes he errs a little too far on the not serious side when there are things that, oh, maybe should actually be taken seriously. But he is good at staying on that side of the line. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a really long way of saying is that troll romance is fun, actually, and I'm having a blast. It really is. And even though I've never been in the Homestuck fandom, I can see how that's something that would translate really well to fandom, actually. Like, to fandom discussions and meta, that would work really well. It would also generate a lot of discord, but, you know, what doesn't? We, we've shielded you away from the Homestuck fandom for a little bit. But I just want you to just put on your imagination cap and put your, your 3D goggles on and just take a look through the window of the fandom for just one minute, just one perceived minute. I just want you to imagine with your human brain what shipping in the Homestuck fandom is like. Listen, a complete and utter trash fire, I'm sure, like times four. We already have 16 main characters and four ways to ship any of them. Holy shit. (laughs) Elizabeth, you did save 16 main characters? We met some more. Yes, um, we did. This is our transition combo because, oh wait, wait, I'm going to do the two times transition combo. They were made for each other. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Which I don't really understand. (laughs) No. Because they don't seem like they do. (laughs) No, not exactly. Yeah, we met the last two trolls today. Aridin Ampora and Fefri Pikesies Elizabeth. When I read these names out loud to you for the first time, you said you recognized them. Yeah, I've heard these names before. Tell me everything you know about both of them. Go with Fefri first. No. I, um, I'm trying to think of anything specific I've seen. Like, I know I've heard the name or seen the name around. Have you seen her little horns before? I don't know. Like, I've seen the name and I think that might be all. Oh, good. You know, that's actually good. That's good. Um, let's keep it that way. Yeah. Let me, let me just say one more thing about Feffrey. We will talk about Feffrey in a longer discussion later, but we just saw her fucking picture today, so that's not gonna happen today. (laughs) 
You said you think you know more about Aridin, though. I feel like I've heard he's an asshole. <laughs> I feel like he's probably an asshole. And I mean, that's also from the first conversation we had with him. He seemed like an asshole there, too. Ha, I knew his name meant something. No, I'm not Googling anything. If you're fucking Googling it, you have to tell us what it means. What does his fucking name mean? Eratinus is a constellation in the Southern Hemisphere, and it is represented as a river. Most of the, the trolls' names are based off of, like, something to do with their constellation or the mythos around their zodiac in, like, another language. Yeah. Like, I think Terezi means, I think, I think it just means Libra in, like, I don't remember what language, but it's just in another language. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to Google all of this. Not right now. Yeah, not right now. But eventually. Also, he killed, it like, a, a sky whale. I mean, that was a white whale. That was somebody's Lucis. Yeah. Seems like an asshole thing to do. He's arid and it's fine. <laughs> No, it's not. There's just one thing that I want to, I just want to bring up real quick because it, it didn't come up very often, but like it was right before we read about the quadrant stuff and Kanayo was talking about like, oh, Vriska made me made this, make this dress for her and I'm so dumb for not seeing what she was trying to do with it, you know, beating herself up about it. Then it brings up one of genuinely like a very good motif that Andrew Hussey brings up more than once. It's hard being a kid and growing up. It's hard and nobody understands. I'd maybe prefer if it was a little subtler. <laughs> you know, rather than just saying that. I'm gonna fucking disagree with you on this oh, one. Oh, <laughs> please. Remember in that last episode where I talked about my fucking merits for what is good comics writing is being clear... And there's definitely a difference between being over the top about it and being clear about something. I think this is on the line of clear. Okay. You can't read Kanaya's mind. That's true, that's true. This narrative voice is usually the character that you are piloting at the moment. So hearing that out of Kanaya's consciousness makes sense, and I like it. No, that's a good point. Huh. Okay. I'll, I'll go with that. Oh, she conceded her point, and I win. It's not how this works, but okay. I win. And because I win, I'm going to say that's the end of the episode. I'm not going to have you do a ranking this time, because I want to see what your ranking is once we have all 12 of the trolls, and I don't think you know enough about Aridin and Feffery to, like, actually adequately rank them. No, I agree. But what I do want from you, Elizabeth, mm -hmm. I want a full character ranking. Trolls oh, and humans and the mayor. <laughs> just the mayor, not any of the other of the- No, I just want the mayor in there. <laughs> oh god. We need the mayor. The mayor. I love the mayor. Okay, here, how about this? How about next episode, the first episode of redacted year i have a full character ranking with all 12 trolls all four humans and the mayor um i'll take it i'll take i'll take that i'll take that i'll take that bargain okay i'm gonna i'm gonna shake your i'm gonna shake your hand over here and if you fuck me on this one i'm you will suffer consequences 
Aha. And those consequences, I will say, might be uh, mind fang based. Mmm, fantastic. Anyway, that's going to be all of the homestuck we have for today. Today we read through pages 2,365 through 2,422. You can read all of Homestuck on homestuck.com, and the accessible versions, or rather links to the accessible versions, can be found on our Tumblr lookhowsane.tumblr.com Also on that Tumblr are all the transcriptions for this episode, which Elizabeth has to write about me saying things like kismubaboobs or um, ospilus. Yes, but that Liz occasionally helps me out with, and she had to transcribe those parts of the last episode we put out, and uh, she was horrified. I'm not as good as it at it. <laughs> Also have a Twitter, which is at how underscore sane. That's where you can send in a question or a comment and things like that. Our music is done uh-huh. by a, a boy, a man. Is he is 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 he over eighteen? Yeah, he's gonna graduate college this year. Okay, so a man named Michael John. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's John Michael. Like the guy from um, the guy from Arrested Development. No exaggeration here. We had a friend at our community pool when we were kids who would dress up as Peter Pan and also who called my brother Michael John. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to reverse his name, it should be Mike Jonathan, though. You know, oh, huh. I'd never... What, what 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 do we say about iTunes? Yeah, Mike Mike Jonathan. Um, yeah, please go wait and review us on iTunes. Say that we're great and you love our podcast. I was gonna say only say it if it's true, but hey, you know if you wanna lie, ah, uh, no one's ever gonna know. And also, just go around and tell your friends about our wonderful podcast. It's a very wonderful podcast. And remember, everybody, as we come into the next year, our last time in the year of our Lord 2019, that I am going to say Vriska did nothing wrong. She kind of super did, though. She did just a very bad thing. Bye, everyone. Make sure to subscribe to the Game Girl. <laughs> Make sure to. S- <laughs> this is such a hard like cadence to do. Yeah. Um, and make sure to log. <laughs> and don't forget to log on and get a Game Girl. Um, and get a, a Game Girl blog. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um. Make sure to <laughs> make sure to log on to the Game Girl website and put in all of your credit card information to get a game. <laughs> all of your game- <laughs> This is the fucking worst thing. <laughs> make sure to put in all of your credit card. <laughs>
<laughs> this is going at the end of the episode, probably. <laughs> probably. Make sure to put in all of your credit card information. <laughs> you can do it. You're almost there. I need to start over this whole sentence. <laughs> okay. And make sure... <laughs>